What happened to Burt Reynolds? What? I mean, I guess nobody. You know, I was saw four top. guys uh, being. Uh, I guess they were critics. I don't know who critics are today, other than are Siskel and Abel st still alive? Are they alive? They do late night television. I think they're dead, but nobody's told them. <laughs> but I, I had when I had my when you get your son of your own, you you your priorities change, and I don't I don't care about either one of those guys now. Also, I'm in television, and I can say these things. <laughs> Unfortunately, I used to say them when I was in movies, and these guys <laughs> never forget anything. They level Jerry. Are you kidding me? Level. But I saw these four guys on television, and one of the guys was said exactly that. What the hell ever happened to this guy? And I think, you know, what's interesting ab ab about this town is that when you have uh, a film that doesn't work, uh, you're allowed one. You know, everybody has one. Some guys, I won't mention names, they've had 20, and somehow they still go on, you know. I had about two that didn't work. I'm talking about didn't work in the sense they didn't make money. Because I tried to do what everybody said you should do, which is to try different things, etc. And I was, I was getting a little long in the tooth to play this bandit kind of character. Anymore. Is that all that counts here, the bottom line? That's it? Did it make money or it didn't make money? I, I think it, it, it counts if, if, you were not, if you're not a critic's darling, which I never was. Uh, I was when I first started out, but that was before I started having such a good time. When you start having a lot of fun, then you have to, you have to, you know. You, and the critics have darlings, that is, or is there a people they're going to like kidding? no Stop. matter what they do? Stop it. You, what you, how long have you been in the business? No, wait a minute. No, I, I'm asking this seriously. There, there, are, there are guys that couldn't get a bad review. I don't care what they did, because just by the, the, the body of their work and the things that these people have said about them before, it would make them look like a fool if they said, you know, he, he suddenly can't act. He must have he had brain damage or something. What the hell's happened to so-and-so? Well, what was it like for you to have it happen? I mean, you obviously retain your equilibrium pretty well. You were an enormous success. What, 10 years in the top in the box office? Not many people have had that in a run. Well, actually, I was, fi I was five years number one. I was 10 years in the top 10. But nobody had ever been number one. Duke and, uh, and Clinton, a lot of guys have been there longer than 10 years. But nobody has ever been one five years in a row, except Shirley Temple and I now have her hair. Hello everybody, this is Chris from Two Guys Five Movies, and the actor Burt Reynolds died this week at the age of 82, and we just wanted to take a little bit of time to talk about Reynolds' career and Frank's top Reynolds movies a little bit. So, um, sad news this week for um, a man with a pretty lengthy and... Um, Odd, maybe, but um, successful career overall. <clears throat> what were your thoughts, Frank? Um, so it was interesting because Burt Reynolds isn't necessarily someone that I think about, I guess. But, you know, I mean, he's been in some movies that I really love. And seeing that he died, I went back and looked at his filmography, <clears throat> both in film and television. And um, it's pretty amazing, like, the longevity that he had. Like, even though there's gaps, obviously, like, where he wasn't as popular, but... Just the, like, the range of characters that he plays, because you kind of think of him as sort of, I mean, I guess just, like, a hunky, like, 70s sex symbol, like, the rugged man's man kind of thing. Sure, the mustachioed, hairy chest, yeah. you know. And definitely, like... Southern rebel, kind of. Yeah, m most of his roles play on that, um, that stereotype, but 
you know, there's just over the course of what, like 40 some years of him and more than that. Um, just a really competent actor, like all the time, like even in movies that aren't that great. Um, like I'm not a huge fan of Longest Yard, but he's good in Longest Yard. Same with Semi Tough. Like I don't think Semi Tough is a good movie, but Burt Reynolds is really good in Semi Tough. Yeah, and there's little roles he did later in his career that I think of, like striptease. Yeah, you know, where actually, you know yeah. he's one of the funnier parts of that movie, probably actually, like probably that the sleazy of that movie, Congressman. Yeah. Kind of a almost a play on his his Boogie Nights role at that point. Um, yeah. Just like yeah, just slimy and. I don't know, unctuous, but just a really good performance in what's honestly not a very good movie. Um, so, I looked at his filmography and I started thinking about like what he's done and I came up with a really quick top five of his. And this is all almost 100% based on nostalgia. Um, so, one of the movies that I watched, maybe an awkward like admission, but... One of the movies I watched with my grandmother when I was really little was Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Mm-hmm. Like, she loved that movie. Uh-huh. And she loved, like, watching it with five-year-old me. So, I've seen Best Little Whorehouse in Texas probably, like, seven or eight times in my life to the point where, like, I know the songs in that movie. Um, and I, I loved it. Like, I didn't even know what a whorehouse was, you know. Texas has a whorehouse in it right. or whatever. But, you know, Reynolds is kind of playing, like, almost a parody of his, um, his Smokey and the Bandit character. In the sense that he's the sheriff that's, like, charming and, you know, whatever. But he's in love with the, I guess, the madam of the whorehouse. And um, just a really, I don't know, it's, it's, it's really funny. It's definitely not something that has aged well in terms of its political correctness. And that's actually true for a lot of stuff that Reynolds is in. Like, over the course of time. Yeah. Um, and almost, and we'll talk about it, like, in a few minutes, but... Almost, I don't know if it's like a Mia culpa, but a lot of the ways that they portray Jack Horner in Boogie Nights is kind of like like a correction of those characters. But, so, Best Little Warehouse in Texas is a fun movie. Um, there's not really much to say about it. It's, it's a moderately decent musical. Like, I've watched it in the past five or six years, I guess. <clears throat> and the nostalgia factor made me, like, still enjoy it. But, you know, from, like, the perspective of time, I can see how it's not that great of a movie. But then you look at stuff like Cannonball Run and Smokey and the Bandit, which are my four and five or four and three. Um, I actually this morning when we talked about doing this, you know, this quick podcast, I decided I was going to watch some Burt Reynolds movies just to kind of like refamiliarize myself because I haven't seen Smokey and the Bandit probably in probably like fifteen or sixteen years, and I've only seen it a couple times. And I couldn't find Cannonball Run streaming anywhere, so I couldn't watch it again. Because that was the one that I had the least familiarity with. But Cannonball Run is another one that when I was a little kid, like, I loved Cannonball Run. And between the ages probably of, like, five and eight, I watched Cannonball Run, I don't know, a half dozen times. Um, It was on TV a lot when I was small, on, like, the Saturday afternoon movie. Um, And I rented it a few times from the video store. And then I rented it when I was, like, maybe 17 or 18 and still enjoyed it. But the funny thing is, in those movies, like, his character is playing, like, this masculine ideal, basically. Both from, like, a man's perspective from that time, which is this rugged, smooth-talking maverick that does his own thing and makes his own rules and gets the girl and always, like, comes out on top. And then from a female perspective, you know, is like a sex symbol of a guy that, you know, is 
like alluring and kind of has a dark like past or dark you know whatever it means a criminal basically I mean, it's sort of like that modern cowboy thing that was popular in the late 70s like with urban right. cowboy and yeah. like these movies but the funny thing about it is that i really expected it to be much more misogynistic and homophobic and i actually expected it to be a little bit racist and Burt Reynolds' character is actually very modern in his views. Yeah. I mean, in Smoking and the Bandit, Sally Field, for a decent portion of that movie, about a half hour, is the one actually driving the car and does so competently. And it never makes her less of a character than Burt Reynolds. Right. Like, they're almost partners in it, even though she's, you know, it's, it's almost like an odd couple thing is the way that they portray it in that movie. And it's really fascinating that Burt Reynolds respects women as much as he does right. and then they make a point of showing that his character respects women and it's funny because you know again like Boogie Nights which I feel is probably his you know his, his best performance there's a, a few callbacks to the fact that Reynolds does you know Jack Horner does not approve of the idea of women getting like beaten in movies like he doesn't believe in like violence against women at all no the Horner character is very progressive yeah I mean you know for being a pornographer but that's the, right. That's the dramatic irony, I think, of it. Yeah. Um, but Smokey and the Bandit, honestly, so I watched it this morning and it still is a really fun movie. Yeah. Um, that, uh, what is his name? Jerry Reed soundtrack is, is pretty, pretty hilarious. Like basically narrating like the entire movie through like the songs about, I don't know. I mean, I don't, this, this, it came out in, what is it, like, 77, I think, is Smokey and the Bandit, somewhere around there? Roughly, yeah. Um, Maybe a little later. So this is, like, the last era before my birth, basically. So, almost like an unknown thing to me from, like, living, because anything after that... Yeah, you're right, 77. Past the age of, like, two or three, like, I'm cognizant of those times. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it, it's amazing to me, like, this fascination with, like, the truck driving community and, like, people that use the road as their means of, like, living as this weird, like, counterculture, almost, like, cowboy, like, outlaw thing. Um, and I remember, like, you know, I'm familiar with the convoy thing, uh, mostly from The Simpsons, but, you know, I kind of have some memory of that. And it's just, I don't know, like, it's it, it's a really fun movie. Uh, there is some uncomfortable stuff in it at this point, especially with um, uh, Buford Justice character, who's, like, incredibly racist and homophobic. Mm-hmm. Um but, like, pretty progressive for the yeah. style that it is, especially because he's, you know, like a like a deep-fried southern boy in a lot of ways. But he doesn't, like, evince those attitudes. And they're friends with, like, black people. And they're, yeah. you know, they're always, like, very kind to women. And it's just pretty refreshing, honestly, because I expected it to be much more embarrassing to watch than it was. Yeah. I haven't seen, like, those two specific movies since I was a child, I suppose. It felt like those type of movies, and and kind of like just Burt Reynolds and his shtick, like like the kind of character he played in all those movies he was in throughout like the mid to late seventies. It felt like they were always on television, though. Yeah, like you know, on something TBS, TNT, and it always felt like in my household, like every week there was some Burt Reynolds movie like that at some point playing on the television. I, I wasn't a big fan of those movies yeah. per se. Like, they just didn't appeal to me. Maybe it was my age or something. But um, uh, but I know that like, my mom and dad were big sure. Burt Reynolds fans. And, um, I mean, I think everybody was. Right, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Um, it's funny because like, I've never... I respected him much more... Uh, 
when he was older, like probably. Yeah. I've, I've never enjoyed cars necessarily. Like even as a yeah. kid, I wasn't into cars that much. But I remember like my GI Joe playing being influenced. Like I had like all these like flashbacks of right. like you know when the Trans Am like skids into a turn and then turns around and goes the other way, and I would do those things. So. I mean, obviously, it had, like, a big impact on me, even though I, I I didn't remember it as well as I thought. Like, I remember the songs, and I remember, you know, I'm in Hot Pursuit and, like, all the other stuff from it. But, right. Um, but still, like, a really fun movie and definitely holds up as, like, a relic of its time. Yeah. Um, my second movie, it, this was really difficult because I love both of these movies, and they're from, like, wildly different eras. Um, my second movie is Deliverance, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, we actually talked a little bit about Deliverance when we talked about um, Blow Up on mm-hmm. the the Con right. podcast. Yeah. Um, just because of Deliverance's use of sound, and that was another one that I was going to watch today, but I didn't want to rent it, um, and I didn't feel like going looking for my DVD version. But Deliverance is, of all of his performances, probably the most like gritty performance. Like it definitely has no that character has no humor. Really, like that character's not the suave, sexy. Yeah, I mean, as he's dry as they come. Yeah, he's yeah. he's the man's man out of that group yeah. of people. Like he's the survivalist, and obviously because he has you know the bow and arrow, and he's the one <clears throat> like basically protecting them. But just such, and I guess it's not even really like against his typecasting because at that point in his career, like he hadn't been typecast as anything. Sure, like he hasn't gone. I mean, he's kind of, I mean, mostly what he was doing westerns, right? Like tell little television episodes of different. Yeah, honestly, and stuff, I, I yeah, think. I don't even. Early he's, he's, career, he's done a few movies by that yeah, point. Yeah, but, but I mean, I think that's where most people knew him was things like gut, like an episode of Gunsmoke, an episode of this, you know, yeah, he, from Uncle. And, yeah, he he brings such weight to that performance, and honestly, like. We'll we'll talk about Deliverance at some point in line. Yeah, it'll sure. come up in something. But sure. one of my favorite movies, like ever, and just such a such a great like iconic performance in that. Um, and then my number one movie is Boogie Nights, which is one of my maybe again like one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. <clears throat> um, definitely one of my favorite movies of the past like thirty years, and just the the humanity for that character and a character that I. A lot of things that he says could be played as a joke. I mean, he's obviously somebody that, on one hand, you know, Jack Warner doesn't take himself too seriously because he knows what what he is, basically. But he takes his craft very seriously, Mm -hmm. and he takes protecting the people that mean something to him very seriously. And his way of portraying that character from, like, the heyday of his, you know, porn empire through, like, kind of like the falling action where they have to go into... You know, there's all kinds of things that happen in that movie that Horner has to react to, but just such a such a confident and like nuanced performance. Yeah. Um, and really makes you think that if Reynolds would have been given more of a chance over the course of like you know a long period of time, probably could have had a lot more like seminal roles. Absolutely, and I, I I don't know what the story is. I know that there's something with him in Boogie Nights apparently where. He never watched the movie, apparently, and kind of would try to distance himself, it seemed, from the role a little bit. Yeah. Um, but Reynolds was also a pretty fickle person yeah. at times, and who knows why that is. But I think certainly, I think you're correct, it's, like, it's his best role that yeah. he ever has. I, I mean, it's, 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 the, it's irony, the irony of playing 
the wise and proud papa and being a porn producer yeah. is, you know, and, and, and straddling that line to where you like that character because of his good qualities and despite the field that he's in. Right. You know, I mean, I think, it's, it's, I think it's very, it's a very tight rope to walk. I mean, he's I, facilitating, like, drug use sure. and, you know, yeah. like, in a lot of ways, the exploitation of minors because, you know, Dirk Diggler, Eddie, Eddie from Torrance is only 17 at the start of that movie. Right. Um, but it it's an amazing performance, too, because it's... I know it's it's really sublime in the sense that like Mark Mark Wahlberg's performance in that movie, and I, I watched this again today, so this is really fresh in my mind. But Wahlberg's performance is really kind of like shallow a lot of times, and I know that that's maybe on purpose somewhat yeah. because of the character, but I also think it's maybe because of his limitations. Mm -hmm. But the interactions with Horner like elevate every other character in that movie. Like Reynolds brings such a presence to every scene that he's in that yeah. it makes it. Even when he's sitting there watching... It's a quiet presence, too, at times. Yeah. Yeah. When, when he's sitting there watching Dirk and Amber like have sex for the first time on camera, and he's just smoking like his little cigarello, and kind of like, like slowly winking the one eye, and kind of like taking it all in, and you get the reactions of everyone else of the size of, you know, Diggler's like, you know, whatever, junk. But he's so focused and proud of like what he's discovered, and it's just... So many small moments in that movie where it's it, it's you're you're struck by how amazing an actor he was, mm -hmm. and then as a cultural icon, I mean, yeah, you know, maybe right next to Tom Selleck from that point that time period, like the the chiseled jaw, the mustache, the wavy hair, the cowboy hat, you know, the fact that this man's man who's also a ladies' man who's also a compassionate man, you know, who represents like, the best in humanity as much as he can while being still, like, an outlaw and stuff, and just his longevity and the fact that people, you know, still loved him, and his interactions with, like, his leading ladies, like, again, like, with Sally Field and, um, and Smokey and the Bandit, it's just, like, amazing, like, the way they play off each other, and I know that they had some, like, an actual, like, real-life relationship, but it's just, I don't know, just a really great actor, really, really a shame. That, yeah, um, and I mean, it sounds Boogie Nights, he really hasn't done anything really of note whatsoever. Yeah. He has a movie coming out this year. Yeah. I, it's, I, he, he's a guy that's always had a career ups and downs when yeah. it comes down to it. It's like he had a decade stretch and then went down and then he returned with Evening Shade and then kind of yeah. went down and then comes back up with, you know, Boogie Nights and then immediately kind of goes back down again. But, um... Certainly a survivor uh, in, in the industry for a long time, despite all that. And, again, like, funny because I don't know that I've thought of Burt Reynolds since maybe the last time I watched Boogie Nights, which sure. is probably, like, five or six years. But just thinking about him over the past couple of days, just really struck by, like, how how meaningful he was, I guess, in Hollywood and how much I really appreciated him. As, yeah, and I, I thought more, in, you know, since he died, about um, just about how, how much of a part of it my childhood he was in sure. some ways with all those movies that would be played constantly on television and it's just again like everything else and like it's one of those things you kind of take for granted and then he's gone and then of course we sit here and we you know talk about like oh it wasn't that great you know yeah. it's like you know because that's what we do and but like, basically but, like when you say that that his character is 
like the impetus for like the Duke the Duke brothers and you know from Dukes of Hazard like that is sure. like the genesis point sure. of all that stuff. Yeah. Like jumping the cars over the bridge and yeah. <clears throat> just and effortless like when you watch him act like it doesn't does it feels like you're watching him just be himself. And maybe you were. I mean, yeah, maybe, yeah, he's yeah. with him and right. it's pretty smooth. But, sure. Um, yeah, really, it, a loss and really sad. And, you know, yeah. just wanted to, like, pay a little tribute to him. Yeah. So, uh, absolutely. Okay. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Yep. Thank you.